Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The word sin comes from archery. To sin was to miss the mark your arrow was intended to hit. And in today's Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. will remind you that without the empowering of the Holy Spirit, you'll miss the mark every single time. Sin sends you to the grave. Jesus conquered the grave, and He can conquer your sin. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on April 17, 2022. Absent evidence to the contrary, this could very well be exactly what's going to happen. And if that's the case, and this is like Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, then I ask you in all sincerity, as lovingly and as humbly as I possibly can, how close are we? I truly believe that we are so close, but I truly believe that at any moment the trumpet is going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise first, all of those loved ones that went to be with the Lord, absent from the body, present with the Lord, they're going to have their new bodies first. And then we who were alive and remain, Paul writing to the Corinthians in chapter 15, I think it is, verses 51 and 52, I'm probably wrong. He describes it as really a metamorphosis in the original language where we put off corruptible in the twinkling of an eye, not a blink, twinkling. I mean, it's, it's a fraction of 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 a second to put it into perspective. We're going to put off our old bodies and we're going to get our new bodies. That alone, can I get a witness on that one? <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to get our new bodies. And we're going to meet the Lord in the air. Listen, what I'm, what I'm speaking of here, what I've been teaching for many years here, this is true. This is not pie in the sky, again, no pun intended. (laughs) Oh, we'll be in the sky. I hope there's pie. I love pie, but this is real. I'll even take it a step further and say that the rapture is more real than the comfortable chairs you're sitting on here today. 
That's how real it is. And that's how close it is. See, God doesn't want us to be ignorant concerning His return. And again, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But this is why we end these updates with the gospel, the good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what the word gospel means. Good news. Your debt has been paid. You're free to go. Wait, what debt? What payment? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Oh, you didn't know? No, that's the good news. Well, in order for the good news to be good, there must be bad news. Oh yeah, there's really bad news. I know this isn't proper English, but the badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. And such is the case with the gospel. The gospel, or good news, is that Jesus was crucified, He was buried, and He rose again on the third day. And, don't stop there please, He's coming back again one day. Good news. Good news. That's the gospel. So these ABCs of salvation, we've been doing this for, well, it's been a number of years now. Every week, very simple, childlike simple. Jesus said, you must become like a a child to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's not childish, childlike simple. It's just the simple gospel of salvation. And it's actually, we say, Affectionately, it's as simple as ABC. It's actually simpler than ABC. It's as simple as B, believe. But the A is what brings you to the B. Again, I know deeply profound, like verses 14 and 15 come before 16, but the A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner. Because if you think about it, why would you need the Savior if you're not a sinner. Can we just talk real quick about what it means to be a sinner? What it means to be a sinner is is that we have missed the mark. In fact, it's an archery term. Uh, Back in the day, you would shoot the arrow, and if you missed the bullseye, they would say that you sinned, because you missed the mark, the perfect bullseye of God's standard of righteousness. That's what sin means. You've fallen short, missed the mark. And here's the thing, we've all sinned. (laughs) Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6.23 is interesting because it packages the bad news first with the good news. So, okay, I'm a sinner. Um, What does that mean? Well, there's going to be a penalty for that sin. What's the penalty? The death penalty. Boy, that really is bad news, isn't it? Yeah. And the way Paul, by the Holy Spirit, writes in Romans 6.23 is that the wages, that's what you earn, 
Keyword, wages. You, you earned it. <laughs> what did I earn? What's death? Oh, because the wages of sin is death. But, and here's the good news. And I want you to notice the contrast between the word wages and the word gift. Because the good news is, is that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. On this Resurrection Sunday, we celebrate the risen Lord who came for us, died instead of us on that cross to pay in full for all of our sin. We are not our own. We are purchased. What did it cost him? Everything cost him his life. So he purchased this gift. You know how it is when you purchase a gift for somebody? And you give it to them, right? And what do they do with it? They re-gift it. That's what they do with it. (laughs) But you don't pay for it, because if you pay for it, it's not a gift. It's a purchase. No, he paid for it. You don't pay for it. It's a gift. Paid for. All you have to do is receive it and open it and accept it. What's the gift? Eternal life? And he's already paid for it? And he offers it to me as a gift? Yeah. Boy, that's really good news. Especially considering the alternative. (laughs) Choice A, death. B, gift of eternal life. Okay, okay, just give give me a second here. Dun, 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 dun. Choose life. Choose. I, I'll, I'll take what's behind door number two. Thank you very much. That's the A. This is the B. It's simply for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. For God so loved the world, as we just read, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe. That's it. Wait, do I have to do anything? No. Do I have uh, to go through a course? No. Do I have to? No, just come as you are. It reminds me of that story. It's a humorous story. I think it's apropos. This uh, woman wanted to become a member of this church. She had given her life to Christ and loved the Lord and wanted to grow in the Lord. And so she goes to this church and she wants to become a member of this church. So she asks the clergy, I hate that word clergy, but you know, what do I need to do to become a member? And they say, well, we have this 12-week course that you need to start with and complete. So she completes the 12-week course. She's so excited. Okay, now I can be a member. And she goes back and they say, no, now we have this other, uh, you know, a study that you need to complete. And then once you complete that, so she completes it. She's so excited and she's ready to become a member. And then she goes back and they say, no, now we have this that you need to do. And this went on and on. And finally she just, <laughs> she's sitting in this park bench and just crying out to the Lord, Lord, I just, I just wanted to be a member of this church. And 
the Lord just speaks to her and says, Oh, my beloved, I haven't been able to get into that church either. <laughs> I think you get the point. You come as you are, believe in your heart. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will, notice the specificity of will, be saved. The the jury is not out. The verdict is in. Oh, what's the verdict? Well, (laughs) guilty as charged. I've broken God's law. I've fallen short of His perfect standard of righteousness, and I only have to break one, and I'm already guilty. So what's your plea? Guilty. Okay, we need to enter the sentencing phase. What's the sentence? It's the death sentence. And just as the judge of the universe pronounces this death sentence on you in that courtroom of of eternity, in walks a man, no ordinary man. This is the God-man, fully God, fully man. And he says to that judge of the universe, hold it, not so fast, stop everything. I will die for him, for her. And the judge of the universe in that courtroom of eternity turns to you and says, good news, your debt has been paid, you're free to go. He paid it for you. No, you will be saved. The verdict is in. The debt has been paid. It is finished. Period. Please don't put a comma there, as some do. Sadly, there's nothing we have to do. There's nothing you can do. He he already did it. He already paid it. The C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord. Or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans ten thirteen, And see, this is the expression. I mean, I want you to think this through with me. I know this might seem, again, very simplistic, but you're not going to call on someone you don't believe in, right? Is not prayer the expression of faith? I mean, if you really don't believe in Him, why would you call upon Him? I mean, every time you and I pray, it is the ultimate expression of faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, by the way, key word, evidence, of things yet unseen. And Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says that we are saved by grace through faith. It took faith on the part of the Israelites to look upon that bronze serpent on that cross 
to be saved. You're sa- that's God's grace. By faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And boy, would we ever boast? Could you imagine what heaven would be like if we did something to get there, and then once we got there we could boast about it? That wouldn't be heaven. (laughs) That might be the other place, but let's not go there. Romans 10, 13, here it is again, and it's an expression of believing in your heart. Now you're going to call upon the one in whom you believe. And all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Done deal. You know, we, we uh, say, nothing wrong with it. I gave my life to Christ. Praise the Lord. All of heaven is rejoicing, we're told in Scripture, right? When one sinner repents. <laughs> we know that from Scripture, that at least in heaven, whenever someone comes to Christ, there's rejoicing in heaven. That we know. So we say, I gave my life to Christ. I think the bigger miracle is that He took it. Now just stay with me. Forty years ago, (laughs) I called upon the name of the Lord and I was saved. And I gave my life to Christ. And I know this is a humorous way to illustrate it, but I think it It's appropriate. I I call upon the name of the Lord. I give my life to Christ. He actually accepted me. He took me. Maybe the angels given charge concerning me might have said something to the effect, I don't know if I'd take that one. That's not a very good deal. You might want to reconsider this one. No, He took me. I was saved. Because of that word, will not might, not could, not should, no, will be saved. All who call will be saved. Well, thanks for your patience. I want to share with you this testimony. It's um, a little bit different. I think you'll see why. I actually spent some time last night vetting this, and it's true. It comes from Marion Amperin. I again hope I'm pronouncing your name right. She writes, Hi again, Pastor Frog. Sorry to bother you, but I think this is important to follow up with my previously sent email. A friend of mine forwarded it to me, and I really like it in light of the depressing news about snake venom. (laughs) I copied what she sent and am pasting it here. A rattlesnake bit one of my sheep in the face about a week ago. Deadliest snake that lives around here. The sheep's face swelled up and hurt her terribly, but the old rattlesnake didn't know the kind of blood that flows through the sheep. Anti-venom is most often made from sheep's blood. The sheep swelled for about two days, but the blood of the lamb destroyed the venom of the serpent. Yeah. So last night I'm like, okay, let's see about this before I... Sure enough, 
article after article about how they actually make anti-venom out of the blood of a lamb. Okay, chicken skin right there. Or should I say lamb skin? Maybe lamb skin. She goes on, I was worried, but <laughs> the sheep didn't care. She kept on eating, kept on drinking, kept on climbing, because she knew she was all right. Often the serpents of this life will reach out and bite us. They inject their poison into us, but they cannot overcome the blood of the Lamb that washes away the sin of the world and the sting of death. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Don't worry about the serpent or his bite. Just make sure that the lamb's blood is flowing through your veins. I just Google searched lamb or sheep and snake bite and saw lots of stories that indicate the blood of sheep is anti-venom. Interesting. Peace and love, Marion. I want to share with you one last uh, story. You remember in Acts 28, when Paul is shipwrecked on his way to Rome, and he ends up on the island of Malta. He did not know on the itinerary God had a stop on the island of Malta, because he wanted the islanders to get saved. So they get shipwrecked. All of the men on board are saved. It's really a powerful uh, account. So they are on shore, and the islanders are building this fire. Paul, we're told, very interesting, helps them build the fire. And in the process of putting wood on the fire, out comes a viper from the heat and attaches itself and affixes itself to his arm and bites him, injecting this poisonous venom. And what does Paul do? Shakes it off. And we're told that he suffered no ill effects. And the islanders are like, wait a minute. First when he got bit, they're like, the gods are punishing him. And then after he shakes it off and doesn't die, as all of their loved ones that would be bitten by these snakes would die, and nothing happens, he goes from being a criminal to being a god. They start, <laughs> Paul's like, stop. I am not God, but let me tell you about the true and living God. And all of those islanders got saved. I want to leave you with Genesis 50-20, especially for those of you who are watching all of this, as am I. And I have to confess that there were a couple of times this last week where I just had to walk away and pray, and that's a good thing. I'm like, Lord, I mean, wow, really? Wow. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing. And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. 
If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth.